Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Day two in Adelaide saw Australia strengthen their position even further as they declared on nine for 473 before leaving England two down at stumps. Minus Labuschagne needed only five runs for his century and got there, while Steve Smith fell seven runs shy of his own hundred. Alex Kerry was impressive with 51 before Mitchell Stark and Michael Nisa both pinned the ears back and scored some fast runs. With overcast conditions building overhead and the floodlights in full effect, Stark removed Rory Burns in his second over and debutante Nisa claimed Haseeb Hamid for his maiden test wicket. A few moments ago, Louis Cameron spoke to Ricky Ponting for his Ashes analysis, proudly brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia. Ricky, thanks very much for joining us. Um, We're talking in the final session, um, and I'm going to ask you about Australia's batting innings, but you've probably just gotten off air calling um, a good start for the Aussies. I just wanted to know what you've made of Joe Richardson's first over there. It was um, it was bloody exciting to watch. I should have been a wicket. If you play a miss at five and out of six, sunny you one, you you should have to go. No, that was pretty impressive. And I said on air that I'd heard from the from the camp leading into the game just how well he was bowling. I mean, you look at his, his shield record for the season. He's got 23 wickets, I think, for WA and 16 of those, I think, in in shield cricket. So um, no, he looks to be in the top of his game. Um, you know, the, these conditions tonight are probably ideal for anyone to be bowling in, but. To run in. When you've been out of test cricket and to run in the bowl a first over like that probably says a lot about him as well. Yeah, interesting. Um, let's go back a little bit um, to Cameron Green, who's bowled on his fifth ball off Ben Stokes. You said some interesting things on Channel 7, just around his footwork and, and trigger movement. What did you see in the dismissal of Cam Green? Oh, look, what I'm seeing, I think, and I've never spoken to Cam about it, um, but it just looks to me, the way he's setting up, how open he is with his stance and how open his front foot is, it looks to me like he's just really worried about one dismissal, and that's LBW. And he's not lining his body up, he's not lining his front leg up in line with the ball, trying to keep his left leg out of the way to, uh, to knock it LB. So, but by doing that, he's actually not covering his off stump with either his back foot or his front foot. So you look at the, the dismissal in Brisbane, and we analysed it on the big screen today as well. You know, he's got that big extravagant back and across movement, but the, his back knee and his back pad never gets outside the line of his off stump. It sort of stays inside mm. the line of his off stump. And then because he's so open to try and get his front foot outside the, the line of off stump as well, it's such a big stride, he actually can't get outside the line. So I think it's a pretty simple fix. I mean, it's, it's got, you know, that technique's got him to, a, to this point where he's made a lot of runs in, in Sheffield Shield cricket and looked good on a couple of occasions against India last year, but... Um, it just looks to me that there needs to be a little bit of refinement there and the, and the fix and solution that I had is maybe he just squares his stance up mm-hmm. before he moves because then his front foot doesn't have to make as big a move to get back to neutral again. So I'll talk to Justin Langer about it tonight um, and see if that's something that they will consider or think about. But at, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a big decision to make for a young player as well mm-hmm. to try and change something tactically, or sorry, tactically and technically mm-hmm. 
uh, in the middle of a, a test match. I found what you were saying about the side-on start quite interesting because I imagine that's how Steve has got a very pronounced trigger movement uh, and what I imagine Marnus also starts off with. Do, do, do they kind of start off in that side-on position? They start a lot squarer. You know, yeah. it's only Steve's front foot's about one inch more open than his back foot. Uh, and then he moves into line and it's... And how often do you see him get hit on the pads outside the line of the off stump? He's always mm. covering off, his off stump. And even his dismissal today, it was borderline on, you know, impacting in the line of off stump. So that's... It's probably someone that, that Cameron can look at and study, about, you know, Steve's footwork pattern. Mm. But it just seems to me that he, he's just too open to be able to get back to a neutral position. Does he have to be his own man in a sense because he is, I mean, physically just a, such a different specimen to, mm. to the rest of these batters? Like I remember speaking to Chris Rogers once who thought he should look at um, Kevin Peterson, how the way he batted. Do you kind of have any thoughts on, on taller batters in general with that? Oh, well, taller batters in general just have a slightly wider base. They slightly, have a slightly wider stance. Think of Graham Smith as well, Andrew mm. Flintoff, guys like that that were the bigger, sort of more imposing batsmen, had wider bases. Cam's got that. And he's, if you actually analyse where he was last year to where he is now, he's actually tried to get a little bit lower in his, in his stance as well. We've, mm. we've had a look at some split screens today. So, um, as I said, I don't think it would be that big of, of a fix. Mm. Um, in fact, it could, it could be probably fixed in. If he's willing to take it on and do it, it could probably be fixed overnight. Interesting. Um, I want to ask you about Marnus Labuschagne, who made his slowest test century today. Um, it was obviously an excellent innings. Yes. Squeezed away, runs down towards the rope. A fine hundred for Marnus Labuschagne, full of patience, grit and skill. His sixth test century and his first against England. What did you like about the way he went about um, it in different circumstances? I oh, his application again. I mean, he, he had a fair bit of luck, but I think, you know, on this wicket and the wicket playing the way that it did, you're probably going to have to have a little bit of luck to make some runs. There's, there was sideways movement all day yesterday, all morning this morning. England, England you know, will be critical of them again. I don't think they bowled anywhere near full enough. Mm. And you know, early, early on today, I think four of the first five wickets were bowled or LBW. Mm. And if they hadn't learnt overnight about the length that they had to bowl, then they're going to be very slow learners. But um, no, I, I just like his hunger. You know, mm. I like how he does little things to keep himself in a contest. A lot of the animated stuff that he does with his leaves and talking to himself, I think, is all about keeping himself switched on and um, applying himself to, to get whatever he can out of himself and do the best thing for the team. So that's what I love about him. He's, you know, 20 tests, 2,000 runs, 600s. He's, he's doing a lot of things right. Yeah, I wanted to pick up on that. I mean, I think he went past Smith's batting average today. He went past Adam Voges' test batting average, which we know is a bit of an outlier. He's only behind on Bradman. I mean, obviously that that'll probably come down at at some point. But mm. kind of how long can he keep this up, and, and just how good can Marnus be, mate? Uh, well, he's doing everything right at the moment. I mean, it's mm. it's it's a young career to date, but you know he, he doesn't seem like. I mean, he's probably getting better. Mm. He doesn't. He's, I don't think he's going to get worse anytime soon. He's still young and and keen to learn and and keen to be the best and keen to find a way find ways to improve. So, unless teams can come up with you know some different plans, which even looking at this game with with a, apart from the short ball plan that Stokes executed yesterday, England didn't really seem to have much of a plan after that. There didn't mm. seem to be any set plays or set plans. It was run in and bowl back at the length and wait for the Aussies to make some mistakes. Well, when you're, when you're bowling to two of the top three batsmen in the world, they're not going to make that many mistakes. Yeah. So you've got to find a way to get them out and change things up. So, no, look, but well, the sky's the limit, really, for, for Marnus. It's, it's going to be how long he can, he can maintain this now and this level mm -hmm. of play and, and that hunger and all the things that I spoke about. It's 
because it's not it's not an easy thing to do. You know, even through a series for five tests, find a way, finding a way to get yourself up day after day and game after game is a challenge for everyone. Batting at number three as well is something that you know pretty well about. That um, I guess how how difficult is it to kind of maintain that hunger when you when you do have that initial success um, and people then I guess expect it of you. How do you? How no, do you it's not so it's not so hard to maintain the hunger because at the end of the day you're out there trying to win games for your team and that's that's got to be the thing that's got to motivate. It's not about how well you're going, how many runs you're getting. It's about how many games can I have an impact on the win for my team. So, if Martin's got that thought in the back of the head, then in the back of his head, then nothing should really slow him down. But it's it's what sometimes in international cricket you got to find a way to, to reinvent yourself. Sometimes game game by game. So mm. I'm talking about with Cam Green's. You have to find a way to, to get different to get better. Mm. Um, you know, it might come a time when an opposition team comes up with a, a set plan and play to Manus that looks like it works, and then he's going to have to find a way to combat that. So, mm. you know, there's just nowhere to hide now in international sport or international cricket, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, England's tactics, you've, you've kind of touched on it there. They, um, they've dropped eight catches this series. They had overthrows and, and stuff today. So it looked like the wheels were, were falling off a little bit at times. Um, the plan to just go dry and, and not attack, did you see anything different today that... Um, you liked more than, than yesterday, or was it pretty much the same? No, I think Robinson was better today. Mm -hmm. Robinson was fuller. Mm -hmm. Even his, his, the first ball when he got Manus on that with a no ball, that was a fuller length delivery. With the, the exact type ball that we've been banging on about for a day and a half, mm -hmm. and then it finally looked like they did it. It's, you know, it looked to me as though Stokes was given, was given one job coming into the game, and that was to, to run in and bowl bounces ball after ball. When mm -hmm. he finally got given the chance to bowl the new batsman to pitch the ball up, he got a wicket. First ball, and I think the green, no, second ball to, to green. Um, you know, Wokes ineffective again. I'm not sure why they bothered picking him here in in Adelaide when they've got Wood there. Um, to me, Wood would have given them a lot more variation in their attack, and given them, then Stokes could have pitched it up and bowled like a normal seamer, which he's good at, and Wokes could have taken, the, uh, sorry, Wood could have taken the role that Stokes had in the game. So, I mean, it, that's up for them. They're, they've got a, their own think tank and ways that they think about the game and what they want to get out of their players, but. Um, it looked like that they just, after plan A didn't work, they didn't mm. really have much after that. So is that bad captaincy or is that bad tactics from you know the, that think tank that you're talking about going into the game? It can also be stubbornness from the bowlers and mm. the, willing, the willingness not to change. Mm. And that's what it looked like yesterday with the brand new ball with Broad and Anderson. It was like, no, we'll, we'll run in and bowl back of the length here. We'll, we'll bowl tight, we won't give any runs and then we'll strike. And before you know it, they'll be three or four down with the scoreboard not going anywhere. Well, it didn't happen, and mm. it doesn't happen very often against good players. Mm. I mean, there's little, there's little things they could have done yesterday without, without changing anything. To be able to give them the confidence to be able to pitch the ball up. One simple thing we used to do all the time with someone like Glenn, who we wanted to pitch the ball up and attack the stumps. Instead of having your mid off in really, really tight and really wide, you drag, drag your mid off and mid on back deeper mm. and straighter, and give the bowler the confidence they're not going to hit, hit back down the ground again. Mm. Like England all day yesterday had their mid on and mid off wide and tight. Mm. The bowler straight away knows, and I can't pitch it up. Mm. And just little things like that. I don't know if it's the bowlers doing that or the, cap or the captain doing it. And the other side of it, look at it as well, is because the field is so tight, does that make the, the bowler bowl back at the length? Or is the fielder in so tight because the bowler is bowling back at the length and he's in yeah. there to save the one? So it's, it's interesting how you look at it. Going into Melbourne and Sydney, um, traditionally flatter wickets, um, do they have to... I mean, they really did say that they basically... They showed that they wanted to go dry and they weren't going to pitch the ball up. You, you would think if they were going to take that theory into, into Adelaide, where it does do a bit, you know, they would probably try the same thing in Melbourne and Sydney. Do they need a rethink? Oh, yeah. Well, let's see what happens with the result here. If yeah. they lose here, then tactically this game they've been horrible. Mm. I mean, it's as simple as that. Because it... 
you know, let, let's see what happens late tonight. But, you know, with Jai and Nisa, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be, with the way that they're, and their style of bowling, mm. you know, they're sort of almost English-type bowlers, if you like. They're mm. sh shorter and, and swing-slash-seam bowlers. And mm. um, they might actually show England the way that they potentially should have bowled. But it, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to hinge on the results. If England get through here with, you know, with somehow hanging on for a draw or winning the game, then their tactics will look okay. But I think we've all been quite critical so far. And that, I mean, the other thing to think about with even with Sydney and even Melbourne, Melbourne and Sydney actually, the Shield games that have been played there this year, sorry, the Shield games in Melbourne, mm. and one mm. of the big bash games that I saw in Sydney, the ball absolutely flew through. It was, it was quick and it was bouncy. Mm. Um, so they might have just stumbled across a recipe down there that might end up being a bit different test wicket than what we've come to, um, come to think over the last couple of years. So, yeah, let's wait and see. But they, they go, I, their attack just didn't look right for me coming into this game. Final one, I just wanted to ask you how you would have reacted as captain if um, if someone had got Marnus out on their no ball, uh, the second no ball they've got someone out on during this series. How difficult is that as a skipper? Yeah, it's difficult, especially how frustrated you would have been at that stage anyway. I mean, they hadn't had much luck. They put a couple of catches down. They've been, they went past the outside edge yeah. 50 times probably. You yeah. know, all batsmen played and missed a lot of balls and that frustration does build up and build up and then you finally get one that they nick and it's shown that it's a no ball. But yeah, we said, we were saying on air that you know they bowled a lot, obviously, up in Brisbane. They bowled their fair share. I think it was 11 or 12, maybe, they bowled in Australia's first innings here. That's something that had to be addressed between games mm. and make it unacceptable to bowl a no ball at training. Anytime you've got a ball in your hand at training, you've got to be behind the line. Mm. I mean, the, the interesting thing for me, you might have heard this, I'm not sure I brought it up in commentary, I think it's been something like 11,000 balls in one day and T20 cricket that England haven't bowled a no ball because of the free hit that results on the end of it. So... You're going to have to repeat that for me, sorry. They haven't bowled a no ball in white oh, ball, in white ball. Yeah, yeah, for 11,000 yeah. balls, yeah. something like that. <laughs> so that just goes to show that if there's a, if there's a, you know, an, an error on the end of it or something that's going to cost them a free hit, then they can get their foot behind the line if they want to. Uh. So that was interesting to me. Yeah, that is interesting. Thanks, Rick. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.